What's going on guys? It's your boy Scrub here back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. I know I was on the grind. However, the universe decided to just uh, make me get sick. I've been Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply feeling really under the weather and I've just been wanting to like sleep all day so I'm gonna be uploading compilations for like the next little bit until I feel better sorry about that they'll be back as soon as I'm back to 100% thank you for being understanding and enjoy the compilation guys and today I've got a story time that was sent into me by a subscriber that works at a pool as a lifeguard and uh, you know for the most part he said his job is pretty chill most people don't want to be that rude to the lifeguard because on the off chance he ends up having to save their life it's not worth having beef with the dude that's trained to resuscitate you he's gonna do the uh, chest compressions a little too hard break as many ribs as possible but anyways he was having a pretty standard summer working at this pool until this guy named Nathan started showing up. And Nathan was just an insanely entitled, spoiled kid who must have lived close to the pool because the dude was there every single day. And every time he showed up, it was just insanely annoying to everyone working because he just didn't listen to literally anything they said. He was the same age as most of the lifeguards, in fact, probably a little bit older than some of them, so he just kind of thought that he didn't have to listen. And it wasn't like they were telling Nathan things that were drastically unfair or overly controlling they were just trying to enforce the rules like no running no diving the standard pool rules and Nathan man the rules that are pretty standard at every pool you would have thought that somebody came down and told George Washington he wasn't allowed to have freedom the way he would react what do you mean I can't run and dive into the pool this is insane this is America I should be able to do whatever I want and it's like, listen, bro, um, basically the reason you can't do that is because we're trying to prevent uh, brain damage from being put onto your brain. But I guess if you really want to USA freedom and run and dive into the shallow end, you're more than welcome to. Anytime they would say something, though, he would basically tell them that they had no authority and that he didn't have to listen to them, which obviously is annoying when you're just trying to do your job. But the problem was it was kind of true. The lifeguards themselves weren't allowed to kick people out of the pool unless they managed to get a manager to approve the person being removed. And the managers at this particular pool were insanely lazy and wanted to avoid work as much as possible. There was this little, like, air-conditioned room that overlooked the pool, and for the most part, the managers would just sit in there and talk and goof off. 
And so the last thing they ever wanted to do was come out onto the pool deck and actually deal with anything. So Nathan could be as mean as he wanted to the lifeguards and the managers wouldn't do a whole lot. In fact, a lot of the lifeguards had come together and told the managers about Nathan and they didn't really care at all. What they told them to do was handle it for themselves because they just thought it would be too much of a process to kick him out. And listen, I understand being lazy at your job. I get it. I'm sure managing a pool is not the most fun thing in the world. And that being said, when your job is like keeping people safe at the pool and you have a regular that just straight up doesn't listen to the people in charge of keeping people safe, maybe kicking him out is a good idea. If he's really going to demand a dive into the shallow end, that's just a lawsuit waiting to happen. Either way, I think the managers would regret telling them to handle it themselves because they decided to handle it themselves and immediately started planning on what to do. If Nathan was going to suck and yell at them and break the rules and make the pool less fun, then they were going to make the pool less enjoyable for him. The one benefit to the managers always staying in that like little air-conditioned room is that they weren't too aware of what was actually going on at the pool. For the most part, they could have literally thrown a party, and as long as it didn't get too loud, the managers probably wouldn't even have looked up from their phones. But it also meant that they could like mess with Nathan a little bit and as long as it didn't cause an insane level of freaking out they really wouldn't get in trouble for it because they're not paying attention anyways. So all the guards decided that the next time Nathan came to the pool, they would let him get in, and then like 30 seconds later, they were going to blow all their whistles and announce that it was time to clean the pool for the day, and they had to shock it, and everyone had to get out for like 25 minutes. And yeah, it was pretty petty, but their thought was he would probably just get bored if he had just gotten there and couldn't swim for 25 minutes, and he would leave, and then they just wouldn't have to deal with arguing with him all day. And listen, obviously it's a pretty petty maneuver, but if someone's just not listening to you and your boss said handle it yourself and you find a way to handle it yourself, I can't really fault you for that. If anything, you should get a promotion, because all you're really doing is following the manager's orders. My goodness, what a great employee. I love it when my employees come together and come up with the master plan to piss off a mini Karen as much as humanly possible. But the idea was to just make him bored so he would leave. And if the entire time he's waiting, he's arguing with people, they would just blow the whistle at him every time he broke the rules. So if he tried to argue and was screaming, just blow the whistle at him. If he tried to run over to another guard and yell at them, you just blow the whistle at him. And the goal was to just annoy him as much as humanly possible and let him know that he wasn't going to be able to walk all over the guards anymore. They were taking back control of the pool. And like I said, sure, it's pretty petty, but that being said, it is also just funny. If you had someone that was always showing up at your workplace and arguing with you and you had the ability to just blow the whistle at them really loudly every time they said something dumb, you might want to eventually do it too. And, to defend the lifeguards for one second, they did go to management and try to get it handled by them. They were told to handle it themselves. This is what happens. You tell a bunch of people that don't have to be responsible to handle it, and it's not going to be the way the manager would have. The manager would have gone over, probably with like an edible arrangement fruit basket. Nathan, can you please relax on your behavior? It's just really not doing a whole lot for the functionality of the pool. And Nathan would have gone, shut up, I want to dive into the shallow end, moron. It's my right as an American to give myself brain damage. Anyways, the next day at the pool, Nathan shows up, and they actually hear him coming into the pool before they see him, because he's in the parking lot screaming out the lifeguard's name and calling them insults. And you know, he's not like swearing in the parking lot, they're relatively mild insults, but still, it sets the mood off rip, because he's literally in public walking through the uh, parking lot, screaming out their name and then saying that they suck, you know, their mom's a hoe, that type of thing. 
And as he's walking in through the parking lot, he has to walk past the tennis courts. And he's screaming this stuff, and there's people on the tennis court, and they're probably insanely confused trying to enjoy the game. Oh wow, nice backhand. Also, who's Mike and why is his mother such a promiscuous woman? Just really confused as to why someone's screaming in the parking lot. As I said, it's just uh, not worth it to be insulting the person who might have to save your life. Even if you're real confident in your swimming, I just feel like walking through the parking lot screaming at the lifeguards insulting them only ends up with you in a situation where no one wants to save you, but whatever. That's his prerogative, but that's kind of the tone for how the day's gonna go. Those lifeguards though, man, I'm not saying it's the hardest job in the universe. I, I wouldn't say it's like crazy, crazy hard. That being said, it is important. Even if you're a good swimmer, you're one Charlie horse away from David Jones' locker. You know, the lifeguards are excited to execute their master plan on Nathan, though. And so the subscriber who sent this to me tells the lifeguards to just wait. Remember, you gotta, like, follow the plan. Don't get overzealous. We got this. Just trying to kind of keep everybody focused. And by this point, Nathan is now in the pool. And when he comes in, he says something about how he feels bad for the lifeguards. And one of the lifeguards asks him why he feels bad for them, because he doesn't really understand what's going on. And Nathan started saying that he felt bad for them because they all had horrible jobs and they just weren't smart enough to do anything else. Keep in mind, they haven't even really said anything to the guy yet. This is all off-rip. Walking through the parking lot insulting them, walking in and saying that they're stupid and wouldn't be able to have better jobs so you feel bad for them. Just no reason to be treating anyone like that, especially someone that's, like, gonna be, I don't know, watch it out for you. And especially as somebody who's, like, working a job. You're at the pool every day. You're not working. How are you gonna hate on somebody that's actually got a gig? Either way, they literally didn't say anything to him, and now they're too stupid for a good job. And everyone is more on board with their plan. Before, there were a few lifeguards that were like, you know, I don't know if I really want to mess with him. It doesn't really seem worth it. But since he decided to come in and just start insulting them and calling them losers, all the lifeguards were now on board with messing with him as much as humanly possible. It's kind of what happens. You start messing with a the group, they're probably going to be more on board to mess with you back. They let Nathan get all set up, and he runs and dives into the pool. And obviously, that's against the rules, so they blow the whistle. And Nathan looks all confused, like kind of standing there in the shallow end of a pool. And one of the guards goes up to him and says, Hey man, you got to get out of the pool. Uh, first of all, no diving. And second of all, we're about to do a chemical cleaning. So you're just not allowed to be in the pool while we're balancing the chemicals. You got to get out. And Nathan isn't really having any of it. And he looks at the guard and says something about how that's not fair. He just got here. They could wait to clean the pool. He's not getting out right now doing his usual entitled routine. And listen, obviously you don't want to just get to the pool and then have to wait 25 minutes, but if they're going to clean the pool, they're going to clean the pool. It's not like they're going to magically delay it for one guy. The subscriber, though, had more experience than the guy who was arguing with Nathan, so he starts walking over there, and on his way over there, the argument must have progressed because Nathan decides that he's going to splash water on the lifeguard all dramatically. And maybe in his mind it was like a really big deal, a way to really show him who's boss. Take this that splash the lifeguard and, and really teach him a lesson the only problem is it's pretty stupid to try to splash a lifeguard to teach them a lesson and protest their rules because all it does is show that you're like not going to cooperate with them and don't respect them other than that it does literally nothing i'm pretty sure lifeguards expect to get wet at some point they're kind of working by a pool bro like i'm not sure what nathan expected when he decided to splash this guy who was telling him to get out for the chemical cleaning he was gonna pull a wicked witch of the west i'm melting i'm melting 
Like, dude, lifeguards' uniforms is literally a swimsuit or swim trunks. Like, it's literally a part of the uniform. You know, you might have to dive into the water to save somebody's life. So, yeah, splashing them, all it does is just make you look petty. Sure, okay, he might be annoyed for 25 seconds, but at the end of the day, he was probably expecting to get splashed with water at some point, considering he works at a pool. But Nathan is just arguing with him, saying he's not gonna get out, he just refuses, blah 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 blah, and the subscriber finally gets over there and can join the conversation. When the subscriber gets to Nathan, he just tells him that he has to get out of the pool. And now Nathan starts arguing with him and asks why, and the subscriber explains that they, like, have to clean the pool with chemicals, blah 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 blah, and it wouldn't be safe to swim in chemicals because that's how you end up in X-Men. But not a cool X-Men, like one with really, really lame powers. I have the ability to uh, turn into a bucket, you know? Like, not a fun one is when you swim in chemicals. Either that or you just get a rash over your entire body like the size of Texas. But, you know, you don't really want to be swimming in chemicals if you can avoid it. If the Simpsons movie taught me anything, it's that chemical con contamination. Oh my gosh, if I could talk, that'd be sick. Is never a good thing. Nathan, though, still really isn't getting it and says, well, why do you need to clean it if the water's not dirty? And listen, it doesn't matter if the water looks dirty. You're in a public pool. You gotta hit that stuff with the chemicals once a day. Otherwise, that's just gross. Like, at that point, it's just a large bathtub with hundreds of people's germs in it. Not even just hundreds of people, hundreds of strangers' germs in it. You know how many weird diseases probably end up in a pool filter on the daily? A lot. I, I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't, like, own a pool cleaning company, but I'm gonna guess that those filters get pretty gross. After a few hundred people have just been soaking in that water, mmm, yummy. I would not necessarily want to be in it without it being cleaned. Maybe that makes me a freak. I'm sure some people in the comments are like, I prefer dirty water. Hey, good for you, man. The subscriber tells Nathan, though, that, like, he has to get out of the water because it looks clean, but it can be dirty. And on top of that, tons of kids have probably peed in the water, so it's up to him. If he really wants to insist on swimming in it, then, like, okay, that's up to him, I guess. But if he wants them to clean the pee out of the pool, then he should get out. And at that point, Nathan is kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. He's got to get out or he's kind of got to accept that he's choosing to swim in dirty kid pee water. Not very swag, but the plan worked and he ends up going like, Ugh, fine, I'll get out. He literally scoffed when he said that, but, you know, he does get out. And then he asks how long it's going to be. And the subscriber tells him it'll be about 25 minutes. And Nathan starts whining and he's like, Ugh, are you kidding me? Is there any way? that you guys can do it faster and listen i understand 25 minutes is an annoyingly long wait but nathan dude i don't think that's how chemicals work i don't think anyone has the ability to really speed up a chemical cleaning i don't think chemicals do that no matter how much they take the chemicals into the back room and like give it an 80s sports movie motivational speech it's not going to speed it up all right chlorine if you ever want to redeem your war crimes you gotta clean this pool and you gotta do it fast we got people waiting to swim in this. I don't think the lifeguard, I don't think anyone can really make it go faster. So, whatever. He's kind of complaining about it, but there's not much they can do. And he sits on the chair that his stuff's on, all pissed off because he's gonna have to wait. And they go about cleaning the pool. And obviously, they're kind of taking their sweet time cleaning the pool. It's not like they're having a huge sense of urgency about it. Yes, is it annoying? Sure. But there was nobody else there at this current time other than Nathan. So they were like, look, let's take as long as possible. 
possible and just troll him. That was their plan from the start, but they're cleaning the pool. They're not taking insanely long, like they're not going to double the time, but it might take five extra minutes just because they're triple checking their measurements. Obviously, when you're dealing with chemicals, you never want to have the potential for an accident. So if you just take some extra time to double check that all your measurements are correct, that's probably the responsible thing to do, honestly. Alright guys, we're about halfway through the video, so I'm going to ask you to smack the like button if you're enjoying the video so far. Helps the video do better and I'd appreciate it, deuces. And they had expected Nathan to just give them a crap ton of problems the entire time they were cleaning the pool. Just because he's always complaining, uh, but for the most part, he's pretty quiet at first. He just kind of sits there waiting for his giant blow-up to come, and they can tell he's kind of stewing, but he's not saying anything. Functioning a little bit like a volcano, where the pressure just keeps building and building up, and eventually it's going to result in an eruption, but for now the volcano is just looking angrier and angrier. And for 10 minutes, he's just kind of sitting there staring at them cleaning the pool, and they could tell he was getting more pissed off, but hey, it's not their problem. In fact, what I think he's probably doing for those 10 minutes is like, you know when you're having an imaginary scenario in your head and you're arguing back and forth to like prepare for an argument that's never happened he's probably in his head getting ready to be like why is this taking so long and then they're gonna say this and i'm gonna say this i don't know why i just get that vibe from nathan probably why he was so quiet for 10 minutes is he's like pretending he's about to have his uh movie lawyer moment where he's just gonna light up all of these lifeguards for taking too long to clean the pool and violating his right to freedom never forget nathan is a patriot for the right to dive into the shallow end of a pool. Finally though, 11 minutes after they told him to get out of the pool, he snaps. He stands up all quick and literally stomps over to the subscriber like an angry dinosaur, like stomp, 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 trying to make his feet make the loudest noise possible. Probably hurt his feet because I'm going to assume slamming on concrete barefoot doesn't feel too great after a minute. But he stomps his way over to the subscriber and is like, what's taking so long? And the subscriber tells him the truth, which is that the chemicals are doing their thing. They can't speed it up. And at the bare minimum, it's going to be about another 15 minutes. And he's sorry for the inconvenience, but obviously they have to clean the pool to keep it at a certain quality, blah, blah, blah. But he's lathering on that like customer service voice where they're being overly nice. Nathan, I'm so, so sorry for the interruption. My goodness, if there was a way for me to have not cleaned the pool right now, then I would have done it. But unfortunately, we have standards, and I can't get in trouble with my boss. I, I hope you understand. We love having you here. And he's saying everything he's gotta say, but he's doing it with just enough sarcasm where Nathan can pick up that it's not genuine, but not enough sarcasm where he can, like, go to the manager and say he's being facetious. Facetious? That perfect amount of, like, being being a customer service professional while also being petty. And so that information and hint of pettiness, Nathan just absolutely loses his marbles. If he was a kid in the Great Depression and had a collection, they would be gone, because all of his marbles just go flying out the window. You expect me to wait 25 minutes to use the pool? That's ridiculous! And the subscriber tries to get out an explanation about how, like, it wasn't his choice for how long the chemicals took, but Nathan only lets him get about halfway through his sentence before he keeps screaming, That's insane! I'm a customer of this pool! You guys are morons! I don't understand why you just can't speed up this process! Once again, because chemicals don't really react well to being yelled at and told to speed up, I don't think that would do anything. 
annoying. But on top of it, the subscribers really annoyed that he called himself a customer of the pool because it was like a community pool for the development they were in. It was paid for by the HOA and it was free for people who lived there. I mean, obviously his parents were paying for the pool, but it wasn't like he was a customer of anything because, you know, he didn't pay for anything. It was a community pool that was included in like the HOA dues. <coughs> Sorry. Not that it would matter. The guards would treat everyone the same whether they paid or not. They're usually professional, but him using the whole like, I'm a customer excuse on why he's acting how he's acting just makes no sense because no one paid. Anyways, though, he just kind of kept screaming at them that, like, they're a bunch of high school dropouts, they're a bunch of pathetic losers, he could do a better job of this of in his sleep, it's not very hard to do what they do, la 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 And listen, I've literally never been a lifeguard, okay? I've never sat up on the stand and had to watch people do anything. I have no clue how hard it would be. I wouldn't say it's in, like, my top five hardest jobs that I would imagine are the most difficult. I wouldn't say it's, like, top ten even. That being said, I don't think it's like the easiest job you could ever have in your life. I'm sure there's a lot easier options and one thing that I know for sure Nathan is that you can't do it when you're asleep. I could do a better job in my sleep. I'm pretty sure at the bare minimum lifeguarding does require consciousness, you know, like being able to see the people that might be drowning in the pool is an important step in the process. I don't want anyone to drown, don't get it twisted, but I'm just saying, like I, I don't think you could do this job unconscious Nathan. But whatever, they're just kind of like looking at him, screaming at them for not being able to speed up a chemical process. And when the lifeguards don't start screaming back, Nathan decides that he's just not done yelling yet. And so he starts screaming that they get paid to basically stand around and stop people from running, but they're not going to be able to stop him from running anymore. Which, hey man, uh, USA, USA, but that's really what you're like massively preoccupied with is your right to run by the pool. That's like something that they don't want you to do because the floor's slippery and you might get hurt, not because they hate the joy of aerobics. But he decides to start running around the pool, I guess, to teach them a lesson about how they don't control him. And right when he starts running, all of the lifeguards strike. It wasn't like they synchronized their watches. But everyone had been watching this go down, so in unison, as he starts sprinting, all of the lifeguards just blow their whistles at him. And there's like five, six guards out on the pool deck, and it's a pretty small pool, so when they all whistle in unison, it's really, really loud. The pool had these tall walls around it, so it echoes off, and then, like, obviously, the sound hits Nathan's eardrums and he reacts. And at first, he's kind of stunned by just the sheer loudness of it. And then, in his best, like, Aslan the Lion roar, just screams stop blowing your whistles at me and starts sprinting over to the nearest lifeguard well he's running and guess what running is a violation of the rules so obviously the lifeguards have to blow their whistles at the rule violation so they blow their whistle and he is stunned again because he's like what is going on and he gets to the guard and screams, I said stop blowing the whistle. And he grabs the whistle, which is hanging around this lifeguard's neck, and yanks it. And it's one of those whistles that has like a clasp at the back, so it just kind of gets pulled against his neck and pops off. It doesn't hurt him or anything. And then he throws it in the pool. And the guard wasn't pissed by this. I probably would have been like ready to throw hands with Nathan if he's going to grab something off my neck. But he's literally laughing in Nathan's face. And, you know, believe it or not, it's also against the rules to yank something off of a lifeguard. So all the lifeguards decide to blow their whistle again. And they're basically trolling him. They're just going to keep whistling at him until he decides to leave or stops acting like a moron. Good idea. 
And Nathan, being the absolute monster he is, starts running over to a different lifeguard. And as he's running over, they all blow the whistle. And before he can even get to the second lifeguard, he realizes that he's not going to win this one. Life isn't some video game where, like, there's an objective to take every guard's whistle. Not like all of a sudden some pop-up appeared on the left side of Nathan's vision. Objective, destroy all whistles to activate the boss fight. Like, nothing was going to happen. He was just going to keep getting whistled at. They were eventually going to dive into the pool and get the whistles back. So he decides to give up. And so he walks back over to his chair and starts packing up all the things he had brought to the pool, right? And he's trying to pack up, but he's really angry and he's yelling about, you know, how unfair they've treated him, blah, 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 shouldn't have blown the whistle. And he's so angry while he's trying to pack up his stuff that it's taking him longer to pack it up. Like, you ever seen someone really pissed off trying to fidget with a zipper and they're just, I I hate you, but they can't get the zipper and you're trying not to laugh because it's like, man, it's not funny that you're this mad, but it's funny that you're screaming at me and can't unzip something. That's basically what he's got going on with his backpack. And he's screaming about how he hates every lifeguard there and they suck and he won't be coming back. He'll be using the other pool in the community. And like I said, this particular pool was in like a neighborhood development type of thing for people that lived there. And they had two of them, one on either side of the neighborhood. So theoretically, he could use another pool and never have to see these lifeguards again. And that was his threat, was that he was never going to come back to this pool. And that's not a very good threat when the lifeguards hate you enough to be planning like this huge plan to piss you off as much as humanly possible. The lifeguards don't care that you're never coming back here. If anything, they're probably like, let's go, finally, huge, huge W. And he ends up walking out of the pool. He stomps off pretty angrily, but as he turns around, he flips off the subscriber and says something along the lines of like, this is the most unprofessional group I've ever seen, blah, 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 blah. But the subscriber decides to just blow his whistle at him for one second just to troll him anymore. And so he blows his whistle and Nathan yells, I said stop blowing your whistle! And starts running off the pool deck out to the facility. And as he's running, the cacophony of whistles starts sounding one last time just to piss him off. One last, hey, no running in the pool! And he turns back and flips him off again. And so now Nathan's gone, apparently never gonna come back he he's learned his lesson the chemical cleaning took too long and all the guards are standing there laughing because it was their plan to troll him but they didn't expect it to go as well as it did like it was a bonus event but all the whistling actually inspired their manager to get up for once so their manager comes out of the air conditioning area and is like hey why do you guys all keep whistling we can hear it in there And the subscriber decides to reply and says that somebody had been running and the rules say that they're supposed to blow the whistle at anyone breaking the rules, so that's what they did. And the manager is kind of stuck because he didn't see anything. Obviously, they weren't really paying attention until they heard the whistling. And technically, it is part of their uh, training to blow the whistle at people breaking the rules, so he couldn't really scream at them for it, but he knew something was a little bit off about it. He was skeptical, but, you know, that's one of the best parts about your manager not paying attention is they don't really have anything that they can say about you because they didn't see it. Just went on back to the air conditioning and all the lifeguards continued to laugh about it because they knew that they had basically gotten away with it. And I'm not saying that their plan was some type of uh, tactical genius. I don't think it would be used in modern military functions, but it did end up working because as long as the subscriber was working at that pool, Nathan never did show back up. I don't know if that's because he really hates the guards that much. Maybe he got home and thought about it some more and was insanely embarrassed. That's what I'm voting for. 
if I had a freak out like that in a public place and like started screaming that I really, really hate all the workers in this Walmart and they suck and they're stupid and pathetic and then went home and realized how big of a jerk I was, I would just know that you can never go to that Walmart again. Like you just can't show your face in a place where you've had a freak out of this magnitude. So sure, while it was petty trolling, it did work, so you can't really hate it for the simple reason that it was effective. Especially because he could just go to another pool, it's not like he had to show his face around there, still got the benefits of swimming without having to see all the people that pissed him off. Just don't act like Nathan, there's no reason to be screaming at people that are just doing their job, especially if their job might pertain to having to save your life. It's better to be nice to him, I promise. No matter how much you convince yourself that it's not, it is just better to be nice. Not to everybody, some dude gives you a weird look on the bus, hey, tell him he's weird. But someone's gonna, you know, be nice to you? Okay, be nice back. Anyways guys, that will do it for the video. Hopefully you enjoyed. I thought it was a pretty good story time, so I would share it with y'all. If you did enjoy it, I would really appreciate you taking a second to press the like button. Let me know in the comment section down below what you thought. Either way, I knew it would be a story time that uh, you guys would enjoy. So without further ado, let's get into it. So the person who sent this into me was a self-proclaimed super nerd. This story actually takes place because they were in the math club at their school. That's right, you know, an after-school math club, I can't lie, is pretty nerdy, but if you're gonna own it, you're gonna own it. You'll probably make a lot of money doing something one day, so good for you. And basically, everyone in this math club was an insanely nerdy individual, as you would expect. And, uh, there was one guy who was nerdy, but really loved to pretend that he wasn't nerdy, and I'm gonna name him Michael for this video. And Michael just thought he was the toughest dude to ever exist. Like, you know those, uh, tough mutter things? where it's like the obstacle course, he would look at one of those and go, that's basically Weenie Hut Jr. because I'm so tough. He would always talk about how he was about it and no one would mess with him and if anyone ever dared hit him with some disrespect, he'd have to teach him a lesson. And it was just hilarious to everybody because this dude was like 5'2". In a math club, which has to be the least about it activity I've ever heard. And on top of it, his dad is like an orthodontist but sure enough at least one time every time they would meet for this math club thing he would be like oh you guys don't want to mess with me because I'd be able to beat you up you know I'm just about that life no one could ever mess with me because I'm just oh so jacked so tough so aggressive I can beat up anyone one time I got into a fight at a bodybuilder convention took on the entire convention and won and everybody was just really annoyed with it. And so one day in the middle of this club, Michael is talking about how, you know, he's not afraid to kick someone's door down and take their stuff, which I have to say is a very psychotic thing to be bragging about. Like, if you think it's a flex to tell a bunch of people that you're willing to commit a home invasion, I don't know what to tell you. But the subscriber at that point had just gotten annoyed with him and told him, like, dude, you are not tough. You aren't going to kick in anyone's door. Stop acting like you're gonna rob anyone and immediately everybody else agreed and they were like yeah Michael not gonna lie it's kind of cringe like just agreeing that it's absurd to talk about how you're willing to commit a home invasion when you're in a math club like okay buddy it'd be absurd period if you're going to commit a home invasion don't talk about it in class or just don't do it that's a really horrible crime 
But, you know, he kind of called him out and said, you're just not that tough. Please stop acting like it. And obviously he was like, yeah, dude, what are you talking about? You think you're tough? And the subscriber said, no, I don't I don't think I'm the toughest person on the planet, but I'm not the person that's constantly rolling around talking about how tough they are and how they can beat everybody up and how they live a lifestyle based around danger and combat when we all know that you just don't. Like, you just stop. And he was like, all right, dude, bet. Tomorrow... I'm going to meet you at school and I'll show you some of the stuff that I've stolen. And everybody is like, wait, you've stolen stuff? And he said, yeah, he steals stuff from people all the time and he's not afraid and he doesn't feel bad about it, which once again, just showing that this guy's crazy. If you're stealing a bunch of stuff from people and you don't feel bad about it at all, like that's kind of on you. That should make you feel a little bit bad. Nah, dude, I just robbed an orphanage. It was sick. If anything, the only thing I feel bad about is not having more of an adrenaline rush. And they tell him, like, don't do that, that's cringe. And he says, no, you wanted to call me out, so I'll bring it tomorrow. So, whatever, the next day comes, and the subscriber is eating lunch with some of his friends from the math club. And up walks this dude, and he has this, like, Ziploc baggie in his hand. And he goes, check it out, this is what I've stolen. And, uh, sure enough, in this little plastic baggie is, like, a pearl necklace, some diamond earrings, like, a lot of very expensive-looking jewelry. And his dad was an orthodontist, so I'm gonna assume that they had some pretty nice stuff at their house, so it becomes apparent to everybody that he had stolen this jewelry probably from his mom. So the subscriber calls him out and says, what, did you sneak into your mom's closet and take her jewelry? And he's like, this is not my mom's jewelry. And the subscriber doubts him, you know, press X to doubt and says, yeah, sure, dude, okay. And he's like, I'll prove it's not my mom's jewelry and I'll throw it away. And they tell him, don't do that, don't throw it away, that's a horrible idea. And he's like, I don't even care, that's how little I care about it. And he drops it into the trash can, gets up from the table and is like, bye losers and walks away. So at that point, they decide that they're going to grab it out of the trash. So one of them takes it out of the trash and they put it in their backpack and they decided they were going to hold on to it because they just had a feeling that he was going to end up like either trying to look for it, his mom was going to want it back, and they weren't going to let him throw it away. I mean, if you watch somebody throw away apparently thousands and thousands of dollars in jewelry, you'd probably grab it out of the trash can too. I mean, you'd be stupid not to. Oh, that'd be disgusting. No, it'd be more disgusting if anyone ever told me a story about how someone threw a pearl necklace away and they didn't grab it out of the trash. That would be disgusting because you missed out on the easiest bag of all time or at the bare minimum grabbing like potentially a memento for his mom. I wouldn't recommend selling it, you know, I'd rather give it back to the lady who it belongs to. But I'm just saying, like, you'd be dumb not to. And uh, if for some reason they're paying attention, he doesn't come back over to the trash can. So he had just actually thrown away this jewelry. And so the next week comes around when the math club meeting is happening again. And they're all sitting there and they realize that Michael isn't there. He's late. And they're not really upset about that because no one really liked hanging out with him. So they're all just starting their math club meeting. And about 10 minutes into it, there's a knock on the door. And they had a teacher supervisor for the math club but because it was the math club he didn't stay in the classroom with them he would just go take care of stuff he just kind of sponsored it but the teacher comes in and there's a lady with him and with the lady is michael with his head down 
and the teacher's like, hey guys, do you mind if we ask you a question really quick? And they're like, yeah, sure, of course. And the lady introduces herself and she says, hi, I'm Michael's mom. Oh my gosh, I've heard so many great things about you. I love the math club. You guys are so awesome. Just a super sweet lady off the rip. And she says, apparently my son decided it would be a good idea to bring some of my jewelry into class to show off or give it to his science teacher for something. Like he had given her some crappy excuse and how had lost it and apparently he had spent a lot of time in this room so if any of them had seen it or heard about somebody finding it could they please let her know she'd really appreciate it because it meant a lot to her it was like a gift from her husband on their first wedding anniversary just this super sentimental piece of jewelry which listen you should never steal from your mom bro like come on like it's just wrong to steal your mom's stuff but you should especially not steal stuff that's insanely sentimental and then throw it away like he literally threw it in the garbage and it was some super sentimental memento to his mom that's pretty cruel dude yeah mom whatever your memories are basically garbage to me i don't care it's in the trash and immediately all the guys knew that they had to say something so the guy that had the bag of jewelry says well i hate to tell you this but your son threw away your jewelry uh because he was trying to show it off because he told us that he was gonna rob someone and he was pretending that he robbed you and the mom's like, wait, what do you mean? Are you are you serious? Like, this isn't funny to joke about. And the only thing that really gives away that this is accurate and doesn't let Michael have any deniability is his reaction, because he just starts yelling, no, that's not true. No, I did not. No, 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 I didn't. And his reaction is so over the top that his mom's like, wait, what? And then all of the math club kids, not trying to snitch, but just telling her the story, because at this point it was like beyond the seriousness of not telling, say that her son is always talking about how he's like gonna rob people and he's not afraid to commit all these crimes and they called him out and said shut up because you're just not tough and he said that he was going to rob someone and bring the stuff that he steals in and so he had brought in this bag of jewelry and they had uh, told him that's probably his mom's and he had proved that he didn't care about it by throwing it away and the mom at this point is furious and she looks at Michael and she's like is that true and he says yes but I can explain and she's like there's no explaining you threw away something that meant something to me. I can't believe you would rob your own mother, even if it was just to look cool. You went into my room and stole my jewelry. You're in so much trouble when you get home. And Michael gets mad at the math club people and is like, why did you snitch on me? Which, listen, I understand being mad that they told, but let's be realistic here. You put them in a situation where they kind of had to. You brought in your mom. She's saying how she's so upset because the sentimental thing is missing and they know where it is. And his mom at that point is like I'm never gonna get that back and that's all your fault I don't know how you're gonna sleep at night and Michael without missing a beat proceeds to still be the worst person of all time and says I'm gonna sleep like a baby come on man your mom just found out that you had stolen from her threw away her expensive jewelry because you said you didn't care about it and then she goes I don't know how you're gonna sleep at night which any mom's gonna guilt trip you after that duh and your response is like a baby you don't feel bad at at all about this situation not even a little bit I would feel bad if I was in your situation dude how could you let your mom be that mad telling you like I'm so disappointed yeah whatever lady I don't care like goodness gracious this guy's on a one-way train to being the most entitled Darren of all time 
The kid who got it out of the trash, though, said, no, like, you didn't lose it here. We grabbed it out of the trash because we knew something was weird about it, so we wanted to make sure that it wouldn't get lost. And his mom is insanely thankful. Thank you so much. I knew the math club was going to be smart, but you guys really saved my bacon. Just, like, being very, very thankful. And she turns to Michael and she says that he's going to be in a lot of trouble when they get home, which is obvious. Like, at this point, you know Michael should probably be getting ready to not have his freedom for a bit. He's going to be in trouble. But he, in his mind, thinks that all of this is okay. Keep in mind, the only reason he got his bacon saved is because they grabbed it out of the trash. He just did try to throw it away. Like, there's no way around that. But he starts arguing with his mom, saying that, well, she didn't lose it, so he shouldn't get in trouble because it didn't get lost. And everybody in the room is just kind of sitting there thinking that's the dumbest thing that they've ever heard, and his mom decides to tell him it's the dumbest thing that she's ever heard. So let me get this straight. You think that it's acceptable for you to go into my room, steal my jewelry, bring it to school, to pretend that you robbed someone and then throw it away. But because your friend saved your bacon, you should just not get in trouble. And he was like, yeah, pretty much. And I think they're glossing over the fact he robbed his mom to try to prove that he robs people. That's the cringiest thing I've ever heard. Like, technically, sure, you did rob your mom, but you're out here saying you're not afraid to kick in a stranger's door and steal their stuff, and your proof is that you went to your mommy's closet and took her earrings? I'm just saying, man, that's a little bit different than what you were telling everyone and pretending to be. Yeah, that's right, I'll take from anyone, even my own mother. I don't think that makes you cooler, I think it just makes you willing to steal from your mom. But his mom says, yeah, that's not gonna happen, you're gonna get in trouble, and Michael starts throwing a temper tantrum, being like, this is so unfair, they snitched on me, you would have never known that I took it. And she said, yeah, I would have never known that you took it, but I also would have never gotten it back, so you should be grateful to them. Because if I would have found out that you threw it away and it was thrown away and I never would have gotten it back, you would have been in more trouble. But you're still going to be in a lot of trouble because I don't appreciate that my son's going around pretending like he's committing home invasions on the daily. And his tantrum turns from his mom to the other people in the math club and he starts being like, you guys didn't need to get involved with this. I don't know why you guys had to tell her everything. That was so messed up. And the subscriber reminds him that uh, they actually only got involved in any of this because of him. They were just chilling in the lunchroom minding their business. He walked up with the bag full of jewelry. They never said, yeah, go steal stuff and show it to us. They had called him out and said that, like, you know, he's just not about it, so stop pretending that he's some big tough guy. And his response was to rob his mom, which is not a very big tough guy move. I don't think any, like, action hero, anyone that's ever been, like, a, a super tough individual has ever sat back and gone, no, I'm gonna rob my mom. That sounds pretty reasonable. Like, I think uh, th there's a little bit of a truce amongst everybody that's very cool or uh, about that lifestyle that you respect your mom. And Michael's response to that is to start going towards the subscriber like he's gonna fight him. And so the subscriber is not a very fighting individual, as I said. He admits he's a very nerdy guy built more for the math club than anything else kind of gets ready to have to defend himself and Michael starts like running over to him because they were across the classroom but thankfully somehow Michael is even more uncoordinated than the subscriber he probably would have lost the fight if Michael got to him he admits it but Michael ends up kicking like the corner of a desk and it pulls with him and he just eats crap 
And when I say he eats crap, I mean he slams down hard. You know when you see somebody lose their footing and they start going down, and it's like their brain didn't register they were falling, so they don't get their hands out in front of them to stop the fall? It's just the sheer weight of gravity. Gravity? Gravity? I'm sorry. I mean, technically, gravity do be grabbing you, so it's not that far off, but you guys get what I'm saying. Gravity just slams you into the ground. That's how this man ends up falling. So he goes forward, slams hard, and uh, one of the things that slams is his face. And they're looking at him. And when he lifts his face up from the ground, all of the people in the math club go, ooh, because his mouth is now bloody and his nose is a direction that it was not before, which is not a very good thing. You know, call me a doctor, call me a professional out here. Uh, Noses are not supposed to be bent at weird angles. I mean, maybe, but it was clearly broken. Like, it was definitely a broken nose. And he just starts yelling, ah, ah. And his mom runs over and looks at him and goes, what did you do? And he's like, I tripped. And he's just crying. And his mom and him leave. And they leave in a hurry. So the mom did thank them for getting the jewelry, but they dip out of there very quick to go to the hospital. So the mom's taking the kid to the hospital. They leave. And everyone in the math club is like, well, that certainly was not how I was expecting today to go. I think when you're hanging out in the math club, the last thing you expect is any very intense, entertaining drama. You're like, oh, wow, another real number. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Like, I, I don't know what you do in a math club. I'm just saying. So, obviously, they talked about it for a bit, then went about their business. But the funniest part was the next math club. Because when they walked into the math club meeting the next week, Michael is standing there dejectedly with, like, enough presence for all of them holding a big card. And he opens it and starts reading it. And it's a handwritten apology that he clearly didn't write but was being forced to read, saying that, like, the math club has meant so much to me over the years. I have had some of my fondest memories in the class. You guys are some of the best friends. And the fact that you went out of your way to save my mom's jewelry was really cool. I really appreciate that. As a token of my appreciation, here are some presents that I have picked out for each of you based on your interests. Like, clearly just a script that his mom had made him read, but whatever, they didn't care because there were presents for them. So they go over there, and he openly admits it. He goes, I didn't want to get you this stuff, but my mom was grateful for you guys saving her jewelry. And they open it up, and the mom had gotten them all elite Xbox controllers, which they thought was pretty sick. And I mean, reasonable. Think about it. If, like, the necklace, all the stuff that he'd taken is worth, what, 15 grand? Them getting it back so you spend, like, 500 bucks on controllers it's a lot it's definitely a gesture that says i'm very thankful for you but considering how much money they saved by not letting that be lost even before any of the sentimental value it's fair but still very nice like you don't have to get anyone a gift if they get you your stuff when it's lost you don't have to do that the fact that his mom went out of the way to do that in the first place very cool uh, I-, I stand his mom she's like an opposite karen think about it she was super calm and collected even though her stuff was missing ask them reasonable questions And then when they helped her out, she was like, wow, I will repay you with gratitude. That doesn't really happen a lot. I feel like now most people just get angry. But uh, then he continues his apology, clearly something his mom had said, where he was like, you guys are some of the most intelligent people around. You're definitely a lot smarter than anyone like me who would be willing to rob his mom. 
and they decided at that point to mess with him just because he had been like, yeah, my mom got this for you. I didn't really want to. And he was just kind of acting like none of this mattered. So they were like, wait, what? We can't hear you. And he was like, I'm not going to repeat it. And they said, we didn't hear you. And we could just tell your mom that you didn't apologize. And he's like, guys, don't make me say it. And they're like, what? We didn't hear you. And so he says it again about how they're so much smarter than him and how no one that was uh, as smart as them would ever be dumb enough to steal from their mom. And they're like, wait, what was that, bro? And they get him to say it three more times before he gets pissed. And he says, if you guys keep this up, then like, I'll just leave the math club and won't come back. And the only issue with that threat is it wasn't really a threat. They didn't like him being there anyways. And clearly he didn't really like being around them. So the subscriber decided to test it one more time. And he was like, wait, what? And Michael turned red and he was like, I'm done. I'm over this. I don't want to hang out with you guys anymore. Enjoy your presence. But I don't want to be around you guys because all you're going to do is make fun of me for what happened. And they were like, yeah, no, we probably will make fun of you. So he stormed out of the math club and a little bit of a tantrum again. And he didn't come back after that. That was the last time that uh, he came to math club. I don't know how he explained that one to his mom. Probably that like they weren't cool with me after I robbed you. She must have understood that. I think that's a pretty fair thing to say. At least they got the controllers out of it at the bare minimum. And they did save that lady. She did not deserve that. I don't know why you would rob your mom. Moral of the story, don't rob your mom. And especially don't rob your mom and just throw it away. Like, that's the dumbest part of all of this. We've had stories before about kids that have taken their mom's jewelry and stuff and tried to sell it for Robux. All right. So, uh, like I said, this guy's parents had a driving school. And basically, they would go to, like, people's houses, pick up the person learning how to drive, get in the passenger seat, let them drive around, and, uh, you know, just show them the ropes. It was one of those cars that had, like, the, the brakes on both sides. And he didn't do it a whole lot, but because his parents had owned the business forever, he kind of knew what he was doing, and he had become an adult who could, like, actually teach people how to drive. They had made him get whatever they needed. I, I don't know if there's a certification or something, to be honest with you. Is that a thing? Like, is there, like, a, a driving instructor school where you have to learn how to, to teach people the way of the way Nah, probably they would prefer that you teach their kids how to drive in a safe way, but you guys get what I'm saying. Anyways, uh, for the most part, most people he would teach to drive just, like, if they made mistakes, pretty normal mistakes, like uh, stopping a little bit too hard, maybe accidentally running a stop sign that they didn't see, genuinely on accident. And people were always making mistakes because they were learning, but one day his parents tell him that he has to go teach this guy how to drive, so he goes over to his house, and he knows that there's going to be a problem right away, because the parents parents pay for the hour and it starts on the hour so he gets there and he goes and he knocks on the door and the guy's like yeah one second I'm just gonna finish my game and so he tells him well your parents are paying already I can only drive with you until six because I have another student so we gotta go and he's like yeah whatever after my game and he spends six minutes just playing his game with the driving instructor just standing there looking at him and listen honestly I would have left but the guy said that he was getting paid by his parents for the hour regardless so if he just had to stand there for an hour to get paid, that's what he was going to do. And so finally, the guy finishes his game and he's like, all right, let's go. And so they walk outside, they get in the car and the guy's like, listen, I've done this a bunch on my Xbox, so I'm pretty sure I don't need the instruction. My parents are just doing this because they don't really see it the same way I do. So if you could just like be quiet and tell them that I did good, I'd appreciate it. And the guy's like, all right, well, if you do good, I'll do that. But if there's things you have to improve on, I'm going to tell them. And the 
kid is like almost shocked that the guy said if there's things to improve on. Dude, you've never driven a car before. You're literally saying that your racing game experience is somehow going to make you a great driver. And even if somehow it makes you competent, you've literally never driven a car before. Like the odds of you being perfect at it are slim to none. Even people that have been driving forever can get into accidents. Like, oh no, trust me, man. I've played a lot of GTA races. Uh, I, I don't need the instruction. And he's like, what do you mean you'll tell my parents if there's anything that I need to improve on? And he says, well, I'm a driving instructor. That's my job. And it's okay that you're not going to be perfect at driving because you've never done it before, which is pretty reasonable. I don't think that's offensive. If like someone was teaching me how to play golf and I said, no, I've played it a lot on the Wii. I'm going to be a pro. And they said, well, we'll see. I feel like that's reasonable. Plus they're an instructor for a reason. But the guy's like, yeah, whatever. We'll see. I'm probably going to be the best student you've ever had. Blah, 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 blah. Keep in mind, they're still sitting in the driveway. Like before you start talking crap about how how you're such an excellent driver don't you at least want to get out of the neighborhood like show them that you have the ability to control the motor vehicle but whatever they get the car started and uh, he has a little bit of trouble dropping it into reverse it's an automatic it's not a stick shift and even then it wouldn't be difficult you just drop it into reverse right he's like looking at the shifter like it's the most confusing thing he's ever seen in his life you know he's looking at the prindle and it's like mosby from sweet life of zach and cody the prindle you know just mad confused and so he tells him how to put it in reverse. So he drops it into reverse. They start going out of the driveway. And the kid like slams on the brake once they get out on the driveway. Like slams on it. And they kind of jolt. And he says, sorry, I was just testing the brakes. And it was clearly an accident. But he was trying to play it off like it was some smooth part of the plan. And he starts looking at it again. And he's confused. So he explains it to him again. He puts it back into drive. And off they go. And it just so happened that this guy's street had like a stop sign at the very end of it. And so they start approaching the stop sign and listen it's not weird for new drivers to not exactly know how to brake perfectly but this guy is an expert so he, they get close to the stop sign and they're going pretty quick and so he tells them start start touching the brake start touching the brake slow down and the guy's like i got it i got it and they get probably three feet away from the stop sign going 20 miles per hour and the kid just slams on the brakes which, listen, you know, you already tested the brakes, but, like, it's pretty obvious that that's not how you do the whole braking thing. Like, even if you've ridden a bike before, you don't go as fast as you can and then slam on the brakes and expect it to go well. And the instructor is like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. I, it's a little harder than it looks online. Yeah, you think, bro? You think driving a car might be one of those things you have to do? You can't just watch a video and know how to do it like a professional? Oh my gosh, it's like you've been driving for 80 years. I've lived many lifetimes as a gamer. Like, dude, I, I don't necessarily think that those skills transfer. Imagine this with anything else, dude. You're like, oh yeah, the draft happens. It's World War III, dude. We're going to war with Russia or whatever. You get drafted. I don't need to be trained with firearms, okay? I've played a lot of Valorant. My one-taps are nasty. Like, video game skills don't work like that. And at that point, the instructor's like, all right, from now on, if you're going too fast or you need me to help you brake, I'm going to use my pedals over here because he had pedals in the car uh, on his side and the guy's like well that's not fair how am I supposed to learn to drive if you can do it for me and he's like it's for safety man clearly you're not that comfortable behind the wheel of the car so it's important to have the option to help you and he's like yeah sure whatever let's go so they leave the stop sign and they get start getting closer to the main road they're still on the way out of the neighborhood and this kid like can't even keep a consistent speed which 
might be difficult if you've never driven anything before. I don't know. But, like, it's to the point where he's slamming on the gas to go 10 miles over the speed limit, taking his foot off of the gas, going 10 miles under the speed limit, and just kind of like, like, down the road. And so the instructor puts his foot on the brake, slowly brings them to a stop, and says, all right, I'm going to teach you how to push the pedal because you're not doing it right. And the guy's like, I know how to push a pedal. Who do you think you are? Uh, The driving instructor. That's who he thinks he is. The guy who's supposed to teach you how to drive. Like, I mean, who do you think you are? I don't know. The person being paid to teach you, dude. Like, why, why are you taking this? Obviously, his parents had seen him driving before and were like, oh, man, this is going to be tragic. We need an instructor. Also, if this is how he's teaching some random teacher, I can't imagine how he talks to his parents when they're trying to teach him something. You know, they're probably like, uh, honey, if you're going to make mac and cheese, you got to put water in the pan or the noodles will burn. Shut up, mom. Shut up, you sea hag. Don't tell me what to do. Anyways, he gives him a little rundown on like, you want to gently push the pedal so you slowly accelerate, gently push the brake so you don't like... You know, let's let's just gently slow things down a little bit. Let's take a little bit. Let's breathe. And uh, he kind of gets it, and he starts driving, and he's doing better. I mean, anything is better than the way he was driving. It probably looked like something out of, like, a comedy movie, just the car slowly just lurching down the road, like, eh, 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 eh. and uh, he does get a little bit better, to the point where he can accelerate and stop without everyone in the car getting, like, either thrown back in the seat or having the seatbelt just tear into their shoulder. So, uh, he kind of gives the kid a compliment, and he goes, wow, much better. Just trying to be nice, and listen, he's doing better, but it's not like he's doing perfect. It's still a little bit jumpy. It's just not as jumpy as it was before, and, uh, that's when he's, like, all of a sudden just ego through the roof. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm probably one of the best students you've ever had. Has anyone ever improved that fast? Like, as soon as you told me to do it, I did it, and I'm kind of a pro now. Like, now that I got the pedal thing down, I don't gotta worry about anything else, and the instructor is like, well, I I wouldn't say it's perfect. There's still some things to work on and he doesn't even pay attention to what the instructor's saying. Just like, man, I'm so good at this, seriously. Like, I should just kind of go get an F1 car or something. Let's slow down, man. You learned how to press a gas pedal. You didn't learn how to, like, take corners at 300 miles an hour. Either way, he gets so cocky that he starts doing things that you just shouldn't do if you're in a car with a driving instructor. And you probably shouldn't do it in general. Like, I'm not saying I've never done anything that the kid did, but the difference is I would never do it, like, with a driving instructor the first time I drive a car. He starts driving with one hand, like, looking out the window. At one point, the guy's like, hey, can you pay attention to the road more? And he looks at him and says, no, bro, I got this. Like, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm not gonna pay more attention to the road. I got this. Even if you're a great driver, I think there's only so much not paying attention to the road you can do before it bites you in the butt, man. Like, even if Dale Earnhardt Jr. himself did not pay attention for long enough on a freeway. He'd crash into something. Something's gonna get in your way eventually. But whatever, he's keeping his eye on him. And that's when the kid does something that makes the instructor literally, like, slam the brakes on the car like he was before. This idiot pulls out his phone and starts trying to take a picture of himself driving. And the guy stops the car and the kid's like, why did you stop the car? And he says, bro, it's illegal to text and drive. I'm your driving instructor. I can't 
can't do that. And the kid's like, dude, come on. Why are you being lame? Man, he's a driving instructor. Like, that's his job. It's literally his job to teach you how to drive, and you shouldn't be texting and driving. I don't think it's lame to say you shouldn't do that. Oh, you're so lame for not wanting me to text and drive. Like, is that lame? I, I don't really understand what's lame about that, but I guess whatever. Apparently to this guy, that's the weirdest thing he's ever heard. You expect me to pay attention to the road while I'm driving? Are you straight up crazy? Like, dude, yes, I expect you to pay attention while you're driving. That's kind of uh, the agreement. That's how we keep the road safe. When everyone's going 75 miles per hour, it only works if everyone's paying attention. We can't have you going all willy-nilly slamming on the brakes because you uh, saw a text you didn't like that's not going to really work out for everybody else on the freeway. And even if you think it's, like, cool to text or drive or whatever, I disagree with you. But, like, you don't do it with a driving instructor, and you don't do it the first time you've ever driven a car. I don't think anyone could be an expert at it. But, like, it's especially stupid to do it like that. And the instructor at that point says, get out, we're switching, I'm driving you home, like, we're done. He doesn't really feel like driving with the kid if he's gonna be unsafe and he probably should have done this sooner and the kid just starts bawling no please don't my parents are gonna be so mad like i always mess up everything you you can't tell them what i did da, 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 da. and he's kind of feeling bad for the guy i don't know why he felt bad for the guy i think at this point it was just unsafe but he kind of gets some sympathy from him and he says fine I'll let you, like, keep driving for the rest of the time, but you have to pay attention. Like, you're not an expert yet. You're not going to be an expert for a while. So you can't just be acting like you're some race car driver. And he's like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. And this was probably a bad idea, bro. Like, you should have just driven him home at that point. He's not paying attention. He's not taking it seriously. Just forget about it. But whatever, he does get some sympathy. Like, I get it. I'm not going to hate the guy for, like, being cool and understanding why he doesn't want to get in trouble with his parents. It just wasn't probably the smartest idea. And so they start driving back. And you would think at that point that this guy would have the brain cells, the brain capacity to maybe take it a little bit more seriously. Maybe it was not the time to keep pretending that you're some expert driver who knows how to do everything. Maybe, like, don't check your phone. I don't know. I understand you weren't taking it seriously but at this point it almost got canceled the guy's being cool and letting you keep driving so the least you could do is like not put him in a dangerous situation and at this point they're actually on real roads that are like not insanely busy roads but one of the things he had wanted him to work on was dealing with stoplights and whatnot so like a road where there's two lanes and a, and a turn lane like a road of that size so there's people around and they start coming up to a yellow light and uh it's not like they're really close and it turned yellow it's like a situation where they watched the light turn green watched it turn yellow and were still pretty far away like it was a pretty light that was far away from them and listen, I understand that some people, it's yellow is speed up, okay? But it was a situation where even if they sped up, they were going to get to the intersection right when it turned red. No matter how hard he slammed on the gas, it just wasn't going to work. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you're going to speed up on yellow, you've got to be pretty close to the light to get through. If you're like a mile away and you start sending it, it doesn't matter how fast you're going. The yellow light's just not going to last that long. But whatever, the light turns yellow and so the instructor just explains expects the kid to slow 
slow down, but he starts slamming on the gas. And so the instructor does the responsible thing at that point and starts slamming on the brake on his side. And so the car is like not moving as fast as he wants and the kid looks down and literally stares at the gas pedal confused as to why it's not working, takes his foot off and slams it down again, like trying to make it go faster. And he looks at the instructor and says, it's not working. And the instructor says, no, I'm pressing the brake. We're not going to make that. What are you doing? And the kid again is like, dude, stop being lame. Come on. I know what I'm doing. And he's like, no, you don't. You've almost gotten this canceled once. You're about to run a red light with your driving instructor in the car. And he's like, man, I don't know why you've got to be like that. You're supposed to be teaching me how to drive. I've got to be in real life situations. So these real life situations have to be presented to me. How many times a day am I going to have to run a yellow light? And he goes, hopefully none. And he says, yeah, but what if I have to? I have to practice for that. And he says, well, then you go practice that with yourself because I'm not dying in this car teaching you how to run a red light. Like, come on, man. He's a driving instructor. Plus, if someone's going to be practicing running a red light, I just don't want to be in the car with them when they do that. That's stupid. That is literally the most moronic thing I've ever heard. I'm going to try to get into an accident. Oh, I only got T-boned five times learning how to run a red light. Like, that's never going to end up good for you, bro. And on top of it, I definitely don't want to be in the car with you when you're doing it. I barely trust myself to, like, pay attention to everything you have to do on the road. That's not true. I feel like I'm a good driver. Everyone thinks they're a good driver. That's that's the joke, right? Everyone's a better driver than everyone around them. But still, I definitely, definitely would not, like, trust anyone else to be running red lights. I wouldn't trust myself to run a red light. There's a reason I don't do that. At that point, though, literally all the niceness has drained from this guy, and he's like, pull into that parking lot now. You are not driving anymore. I'm taking you home. And he's like, dude, come on, don't do that. Remember earlier what I told you? He's like, yeah, I don't care. I gave you another chance. I was already cool one time when I shouldn't have been, and your response to that was apparently thinking that this was some type of, like, Grand Theft Auto driving course where you just run every red light and break every traffic law, and apparently it's all good because you learned how to touch the pedals. Like, that's not how it works, bro. And the guy is all pissy, but he does pull into the parking lot, and they switch, and he's, like, the entire time still protesting as they're outside of the car switching. I could just drive home. I'll drive us straight there. And he's like, no, I'm not trusting you to drive anymore, dude. Like, this is seriously not the time to be goofing around. You're driving a car. This was not the appropriate time to go all video game drive mode. And, like, listen, that was his reasoning as to why he was going to be a great driver. And, yeah, if you're driving in GTA, traffic laws don't matter. You can't get pulled over for speeding. You can't get pulled over for driving on the wrong side of the road. Probably not a good uh, way to drive in real life and probably a horrible example to use as to why you're going to be a great driver driver. No, don't worry guys, I played tons of GTA. Yes, that's the problem. The problem is you drive like you're in GTA. But whatever, they switch and they start driving back to his house and the uh, first little bit is very awkward. The instructor's just silent. He doesn't want to interact with this kid anymore. And the kid is like trying to pout. You know when a kid is pouting, but they realize that no one's paying attention to them, so they're like, hold on, I've got to go pout louder or in front of somebody so that way they pay attention to me. You know, like when you're little brother is three and he's like I'm mad and no one replies so he just yells it louder that type of vibe well uh this guy was just like crossing his arms and sighing and being like huh <sighs> 
<sighs> and the driving instructor is just ignoring him because I'm not going to reply to that, bro. Like, if I was the instructor, I wouldn't have either. Are you kidding me? Just loudly sighing in my general direction. That doesn't make me feel bad for you. I don't want to ask you how you feel about the situation. You're the idiot that got yourself into this situation. And finally, after he's just been ignoring him, like trying to make noises to get attention, he turns and he's like, don't you want to know what's wrong? And the instructor hits him with probably something he's never heard in his life, which was, no, I don't care. Which is hilarious. I mean, think about it, bro. Like, don't you want to know what's wrong? Nope. I don't care. And he's like, you don't care? No. I don't know why everyone has this idea today that, like, strangers should care about your feelings, bro. Like, I get it. I, we, we should all be more sensitive, whatever. But, like, in this situation, you put yourself in a bad situation. His job is to teach you to drive a car. Nowhere in this agreement for the driving instructor did it say, I will also be there for you to understand your feelings. That's not his job, bro. Like, I, hey, man, if it was uh, your, your therapist and they were being mean, I get it. That would hurt your feelings. That makes sense. But I don't understand why the driving instructor needs to care about why you're upset. It just doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't do anything for the situation. And so the guy is upset, and he's like, well, I'm just upset that you're not going to give me another chance. And the instructor cuts him off and is like, I did give you another chance, man. I literally let you keep driving after you tried to text and drive. I gave you another chance, and you still blew it. And the kid is like, well, texting and driving isn't a big deal. And he says, yes, it is. Yes, it is. If you did that when you were taking the test for your license, you would fail. If a cop saw you doing that, you would get a ticket. That would be expensive. Your parents wouldn't be happy about that. Like, no matter how you try to justify this, you shouldn't do it when you're driving. And he's like, yeah, but my friends do it. And he's like, oh, great, man. Awesome. Yeah, just keep it going. Just keep it going. Yeah, why not? Your friends do it? Sure. Uh, Mom, all my friends are huffing spray paint. And it's like, hey, uh, Brandon, your face is blue. Anyways, they get back to the kid's house and he storms inside and his mom comes out. And the mom looks like a Karen and instantly the guy starts being nervous. He's like, please don't yell at me because your kid sucks at driving. So he gets out and he's like, hi, ma'am. And she's just like, how was he? And he looks at her and she can just tell by the look he gives that it was bad. And she just kind of sighs and is like, we tried to tell him how to drive. He wouldn't listen to us. We thought he might do better with an instructor. And he's like, I mean, he improved, but he definitely needs to work on taking it seriously. And his mom's just like, yeah, we know. He just treats everything like a video game. And the driving instructor was like, yeah, yeah I, I kind of got that vibe. And the mom's like, well, thanks anyways. And paid him and was like, you don't have to come back because he won't listen. And the guy said, okay, got in his car and went home. So he, he got paid for it. But I mean, the kid's going to be out there on the road one day not paying attention. So be on the look out. I don't know. It was just an overall pretty weird experience. I don't think I've ever told here on the channel, so I figured I would make it into a video because you guys tend to enjoy them. So uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. Alright, so this story time takes place when I was probably about like 12, 13 years old. So me and my friends weren't old enough to drive, but we were old enough to like go out on our own without their parents. And I was over at their house, and it just so happens that their house was like, I don't know, a one-minute walk away from this park. And because just walking around, being on our own, like not having to have our parents with us was still pretty fun to us, we decided to just go hang out at the park. 
And so we start walking down there and on the way down there, they're like, dude, it's going to be so awesome. Like we started building this fort in the little wilderness area of the park. It wasn't actually wild. It was just like some trees and whatnot, but you guys get what I'm saying. Either way, we get there and we immediately notice that there's only one other person at the park and it's just a kid who looks to be about our age on the playground. So we don't think much of it. It's not like it's weird for someone to be at the park. You know, we're not going to walk up to him and be like, hey, this public property, you're not allowed on. Get out of here, man. We just end up going about our business. So we go over to where they had started building this fort, and uh, we start messing around with it, and it was pretty cool. And we're just kind of moving stuff around, whatnot, and uh, one of my friends goes, hey, guys, like, be careful about looking. Don't make it obvious, but that dude is just staring at us. And so we all take a little bit, and we're, like, trying not to make it obvious, but sure enough, the guy is just staring at us and it's not in a like oh I'm bored and just kind of seeing what people are doing way it's in a like he's watching us type of way and it's definitely weird so now we're all aware of it and we keep trying to go about our business and he just won't take his eyes off of us man and uh, one of my friends who we were with decides to like stare at him back to see if he'll stop looking at him And so he makes eye contact with the guy, and uh, he just doesn't break eye contact. So at this point, we're getting weirded out, because it's just an absolute stranger, like, watching you to the point where he's willing to make eye contact for an extended period of time. We were all getting uncomfortable. So we decided, we were like, all right, there's another park on the other side of their neighborhood. We're going to go to that one instead, just because no one will be there to, like, stare at us and watch us. So we start leaving, and uh, as soon as we start leaving, one of my friends goes, I've got a bad feeling, which freaked me out because I did too. You know when you have that feeling in your stomach when you're like, ooh, I don't know what's about to happen. All I know is that I'm not going to like what's happening. And we're walking, and as soon as we're close to getting around the corner, I happen to look back, and I see that the kid who had been watching us is now, like, running up towards where we're going. So I'm like, hey guys, I think he's following us, and my friend are like no man you're being paranoid he's not gonna follow us that's ridiculous and I'm thinking all right yeah maybe he was running over to like the fort maybe that's what he was waiting for he just wanted to like mess around with it and he was waiting for us to leave I'm probably being paranoid no way he would follow us there's three of us and one of him even if he did follow us or something it's like I I like our odds we got him outnumbered so I'm not really worried about it And I don't know this neighborhood insanely well, so I'm kind of following my friends, and uh, one of them just, like, walked slow. Nothing wrong with him or anything, he just was a slow walker. So we were kind of just, like, keeping a pace with him, because he was the guy who knew the neighborhood the best. And sure enough, because we were taking forever to get to the end of the road, by the time we get to the end of the road, me and my friend, who wasn't walking slow, look back. And uh, we see that he's definitely following us because he's now come out of the park and like is in the neighborhood on the street with us. And so we kind of tell our friend who's leading the way like, hey, he's definitely following us. And he looks back and they're like, crap, I guess you weren't being paranoid. Uh, What do we do? And I'm like, well, we can start walking faster. That's what we can certainly do. And uh, we might have to run. So we start walking faster. And my friend who knows the neighborhood very well is making us like zig and zag. The good thing about like suburban neighborhoods is that whoever designs the road is definitely, definitely on something. 
to the point where it's easy to just be like a zigging and zagging up and down roads, taking a left, taking a right, going up a cul-de-sac, jumping a wall, like all this stuff. Terrible layout, but when you're trying to avoid someone, it's pretty good. But we just can't seem to be shaking this guy. He always happens to be like half a road behind us. And so after trying to like dodge him by going up and down different roads and whatnot and it not working, my friend's like, all right, I think our best option is to run. And I'm not necessarily opposed to that. But I just wanted to make sure that we were all going to run in the same direction. Because these two dudes lived in this neighborhood. Like, whatever. If we all split up, they're going to be able to find their way back. I don't know this neighborhood at all. So if we split up and this dude following us chases me down, I'm screwed. I'm definitely going to end up on a dead end. Because I don't know where I'm going at all, alright? I've seen enough scary movies to know that if you're not familiar with where you're running, you're definitely going to end up running into a dead end. That's not where I'm trying to be. I like being alive. And I like having my things. I'm not trying to get robbed so they're like all right well okay here's the plan we're gonna run to this end of this road take a left from there you're gonna go straight and you can take either of the two rights because they both go to the end of this road at that road take a left and you can get back to the house so now that i kind of know what's up we're like okay and on the count of three we all start sprinting and uh i know you're not supposed to look back when you think something's chasing you because it slows you down and like you can't run as fast when you're looking behind you and that's true but unfortunately, I'm an idiot and curiosity killed the cat, so I decide to look back. And when I look back, I see that he's running after us too. And I don't necessarily know what sport this kid played. I don't know if he was just a track sprinter or what, but he apparently is really fast because he's clearly gaining on us. So I see that and it like triggers my adrenaline even more. So I turn my head back and I start running. And now it's just the three of us sprinting down this road and we get to the first right and I just decide to take the first right because I'm like, well, look, if he's gaining on us, he'll at least have to slow down a little bit to turn. So I just take the turn and I start running and all three of us took the first turn. I don't know if we all had the same thought or what, but we all do. So we're just running up this road and he's gaining on us. And so uh, finally at the top of the road, my friend's like, all right, he's behind us. Everyone just turn around and not wanting to keep running and leave them from turning around we all decide to turn around and when we do we see that he's probably about 15 feet away from us still running towards us and he had always been far enough away where like we couldn't really tell how big the dude was you know like we could tell that he was around our age but we couldn't really see and now we're seeing that he's a good bit shorter than all of us and he's the only one of him like it's not like he had a bunch of friends waiting or anything and there's three of us so we turn around and my friend who's the guy we had been following is like dude what the man like why are you following us what's wrong with you like you're staring at us at the park bro like do you understand how creepy you're being why are you chasing us and the guy's just standing there and he's like walked forward another 10 feet now so he's about five feet away and he's like slightly out of breath and he says give me your phones and we're kind of like looking at each other we take a second when he says that and look at each other because we're not sure if he heard us right or if we heard him right because, you know, it's just kind of bizarre to be the only guy smaller than a group of three. And you're like, hey, give me your stuff. I don't know if you know how this works, but this isn't really how it works. Usually if someone's robbing you, you know, they have something that makes you give over your things. Like if someone's got a knife, like I'm just giving you my wallet. I'm not dying over this, bro. Like I'm just not, I don't care. But if you come up to me and you're like, give me your stuff. And you're just like, I, I don't know, five, four. Like I'm just not going to give it to you. And like, what? 
what are you going to do about it? Like, I, I just don't know what to do. And especially if there's like me and five friends and you are, are way smaller than everyone and you walk up and you're like, give me your stuff. No. So we're all looking at each other and we decide that we did hear him right. So we look at him and we're like, yeah, no, we're not going to give you our phones. I don't really know what he expected us to do. Get down on the ground in the fetal position and be like, please, sir, just let me grab my SIM card. I'll give you anything you want. Like that was not going to happen. And his response to that is to like look at us and yell even louder. Give me the phones now. And so we say no again, except this time we're even firmer. We're like, no. And he's just kind of standing there, staring at us. And we can tell that he really hadn't thought this through very well. It was like he really thought that was going to work. Because just the way he's looking at us, I don't know if this makes sense, but he was kind of confused that we weren't giving the phones over. Like, he was trying to process in his brain what his next move should be since we just didn't immediately hand over everything we own. And in his confusion, in his infinite wisdom, I guess somewhere in his brain, the calculation was like, boop, boop, beep, 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 boop, boop, uh, doing the math. All right, maybe if I ask them nicely to give them or to give him our phones, then they'll just hand it over and it'll be no issue. Because he says, come on, guys, please, just give me your phones. Which, all right, man, I don't really care if you're saying please. That doesn't magically change it, you know? Like, imagine that you're robbing a bank. Please give me all the money. Oh, officer, you don't understand. I don't really think you need to chase the guy down because he did say please while he was robbing the bank. Very polite. So we say no again, and my friend who was leading the way kind of pushes him and is like, get out of here, bro. And the kid takes a step back when he gets pushed and has a look on his face as if we have just offended the king of Belgium, man. We have literally just decided to spit in the face of the princess of Norway. We have decided to decry the royal family. And he says, whoa, no need to shove me. Which is just hilarious. You know what else there's also no need for? Uh, running down and trying to rob someone. I think that's also pretty unnecessary. Hey man, robbery is one thing, but shoving, no need, no need. And so my friend is like, I'm gonna shove you if you're trying to rob us. And he decides to start having an argument about how he hadn't pushed or decided to like hit any of us, so we should have respected that and not pushed him back. And we are literally stupefied at this. Because, like, listen, man, it should just kind of be understood that if you try to steal from someone, they might fight back. They probably will fight back unless there's a reason for them not to. But especially in this situation, like, we just shoved him and told him to get out of here. We didn't punch him in the face or anything. The fact that he was so offended kind of blew my mind. Like, wait, what do you mean? Well, there's just no need to shove me, because that's just really rude and unnecessary. Bro, you're trying to steal my phone. Like, do you not think that that's also rude and unnecessary? But whatever, we're like, dude, just get out of here. You're trying to rob us. We're gonna shove you, like, leave. And he argues for a little bit, and finally he's like, fine, I'll get out of here, but I just want you guys to know that that was really rude. There was no reason to do that. And now we're getting pissed off, and we're like, dude, get out of here before we actually do decide to be rude about it. I don't really know if you can consider any reaction at that point being rude if you try to rob someone, but whatever. He's like, fine, I'm gonna leave, but next time I see you, just know that I'm gonna get your phone. And we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. 
Listen, under normal circumstances, that would be a scary threat. But when somebody gets, like, dramatically offended at the fact that you shove them when you're saying no to being robbed, I'm not really afraid of his future crimes, you know? Like, he's gonna walk into the bank if he ever tries to rob one. Give me the money. The bank teller's gonna be like, no. Oh, alright. Uh, no need to say no. Okay, let's not get stingy here. The cops show up, they like tackle him. Oh, now that was just unnecessary, guys. Was tackling me necessary? I don't think so. He's gonna be the definition of the guy from The Incredibles when uh, he gets saved by Mr. Incredible and decides to sue him for saving his life. That's the vibe of this guy. Either way, obviously we kept our phones, we were in no rush to hand them over to a dude that was just like, give me your phones. So he leaves, we go back to their house, we obviously don't tell their parents because we didn't want them to be like, you can't go back to the park anymore. I go home. They were some of my best friends, uh, still like really good friends with them. So I ended up going back over a few weeks later, and we decided to go back to the park, and we weren't looking for the guy, we truthfully were just going to go back to the park because they had been working on that fort thing still, so I wanted to see what had changed, but we get there, and sure enough, the guy who said he was going to take our phones the next time he sees us is sitting on the swings going back and forth, and my friend, deciding to troll him a little bit, goes, hey man, you gonna take our phones again? And dude, you would have thought that this kid saw a ghost. He did like the jump off the swing thing, and he lands, and he starts looking around, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show Meerkat Manor. If you haven't, it's sick. You should go watch it. It's about meerkats. It's, it's awesome. Either way, he like kind of has this meerkat look on his face and starts scanning back and forth as if he's looking to assess the situation and so my friend yells out again like remember us you tried to steal our phones and instead of saying anything or you know coming over and taking our phones the way he said he was going to he literally looks at us opens his mouth like he's gonna say something decides against it turns around and just runs away and listen me and my friends are not particularly scary guys like i don't want anyone to think that i'm delusional over here being like yeah we intimidated the guy so hard that he ran away that's why it's even funnier as we were just not intimidating at all Especially after you're like, next time I see you, I'm gonna take your phone, man. Oh, really? No, next time you see me, you're gonna look at me like a meerkat and then sprint in the other direction. I don't feel like I'm the type of person normal people would sprint away from. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just confused. Either way, after that, they said they never really saw him at the park again. Whenever I would go over there and we would go there, we never saw him again. Probably more out of embarrassment than anything. Or maybe he realized that trying to rob three people by yourself is just a very bad idea. Like, you don't have to be a mathematician or anything to realize that your odds of success uh, in a 3v1 is not very good. Unless you're like some top secret Cobra Kai karate master, you know? Even then, I feel like in a 3v1, whenever there's like a karate movie or like a fight in a movie, the three guys wait and fight the guy like one at a time. That's not how reality is. If three people start punching you at one time, it's probably not gonna end well unless you're like, I don't know, Jason Bourne. Either way, I just thought that was an interesting story time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. I know this one's a little bit shorter than normal, but, you know, I, I just felt like talking about it. If you did enjoy the video, I'd really appreciate you taking a second to press the like button. Let me know what you thought in the comment section down below. And of course, subscribe if you're new and turn on those notifications. If you like the story times, but you'd rather listen to an audio version offline in the car, whatever floats your boat, I do post the audios over on Spotify, link down below. 
And down in the description, you can also find a link to a playlist I made here on YouTube of some of my favorite story times of the year. So if you need something to listen to while you're doing chores, playing video games, homework, whatever it may be, feel free to check that out. Like I said, all those links can be found down below in the description. But uh, yeah, on that note, that'll do it. One more time, press the like button, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. It really does help the video do better, and I would greatly appreciate it. But on that note, don't get anyone pregnant. If you do, make sure they're hot, and hopefully I will see each and every single one of you guys next time with another video. I'm out. Peace. Give me your phone.